Welcome to the Nutritionista podcast, your new health and wellness resource made for women like you who are constantly on the go 24-7, chasing your dreams or just chasing your children or even those of us who manage to do both. This podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve your ideal level of health and happiness. We break down everything from nutrition, hormones, relationships, business, and travel to manifestation and wellness. If you're ready to start evolving into your best possible future self, the one that effortlessly attracts success, fulfillment, and happiness into their lives, listen up. You're in the perfect place, and it's time to start living like this version of yourself right now. The show must begin. Let's do this. Welcome back to this week's show. Today, we're going to chat about all things hormones. So Rani and myself absolutely love hormones. The more complex the case, the better. And what I wanted to get into today was have a chat about our hormonal health in general and how we can help women just like you get your dysregulated hormones back on track. As a nutritional biochemist and clinical nutritionist myself, and a woman who's dealt with her fair share of hormonal issues such as polycystic ovarian syndrome, multiple pregnancy losses, skin and mood issue, and the the list goes on for me, and I'm sure it does for many of you too. And it's for these reasons why I've spent so many years at uni chasing my whys and hows to become the best clinician I can be. Now, I understand that there's a huge intricate connection between hormones and nutrition, and we'll use this knowledge in this podcast to help women achieve hormonal balance and to understand a little bit more about what hormones are and what they do in terms of our body and basically how they can make such a huge difference in our lives. So in a quick nutshell, what's a hormone? So many people assume I'm simply talking only about estrogen and testosterone and that's it. But that couldn't be any further from the truth. The clinical definition is that hormones are chemical messengers produced by the various glands and organs in our body that travels through the bloodstream, through various organs and tissues to regulate different physiological processes. So that can sound hugely confusing and I understand. They basically play a huge crucial role in controlling growth and development, our metabolism, our sexual function, so our libido, our moods, and so many other functions within our body. Hormones themselves are essential for maintaining overall health and well-being, and imbalances in them can lead to various health problems. So what we're going to talk about today and what I specialize in as a reproductive medicine specialist is how your body functions in relation to your endocrine system. Now, breaking that down further, the endocrine system itself is a complete hormonal network within our body. So just as our muscles are part of our musculoskeletal system, our hormones and the glands in which they are produced and secreted from make up our entire endocrine system. The female body produces so many different hormones. So I'm just going to shoot over like the top nine right now. So number one, estrogen. This group of hormones include estradiol, estrone and estriol, which play a huge and a vital role in female reproductive health as a whole. 
And as well as that, they regulate bone density, our skin health and cardiovascular function. Number two is progesterone. So progesterone in my eyes is the MVP, the most valuable player when it comes terms to hormones. It's a crucial hormone that helps the uterus become ready for pregnancy and stays healthy once a pregnancy has started. But progesterone can also help increase your mood. It acts as a natural antidepressant to help lower anxiety. It can help with mood swings and can even aid in relieving postpartum depression. There's so much more to this hormone than meets the eye. Progesterone can relieve menopausal symptoms also. Third is follicle-stimulating hormones. So you'll often know this as FSH. This has a role in ovarian follicle growth and development in addition to regulating the menstrual cycle. Then number four is the luteinizing hormone. And you'll often see this referred to as LH in tests. This hormone regulates and controls the menstrual cycle and helps promote ovulation. So without this luteinizing hormone, you're not going to ovulate. Then number five is testosterone. Now, although it's more common to associate testosterone with males, women also generate this hugely important hormone and it helps keep our bones strong and our muscles strong too. It stimulates our libido and drives sexual desire and aids in memory and mental processing and cognition. So it's a huge one also. Number six is thyroid hormones. So a lot of people don't consider this into the hormonal cascade when we talk hormones, but these hormones are released by the thyroid gland and they're essential for our proper metabolic function and therefore they regulate our metabolism. And it also helps with the upkeep of our hair, skin and nails. So there's so much more to that one also. Number seven is prolactin. And this causes breast milk production to increase in women that have recently given birth. Then number eight is cortisol. So a lot of people would have heard about this one. It's an adrenal glands secreted hormone. So cortisol comes from there. It, its role in the body is to help with our stress response. So this is hugely important in maintaining normal glucose homeostasis. So homeostasis meaning balance, blood pressure and the balance of, and basically how our immune system responds to perceived threats. Now, finally, that we'll talk about here is number nine being insulin and the pancreas secretes insulin. So it's a hormone that promotes cellular glucose absorption. So it is a bit of a mouthful. It's hugely linked. You'll hear about it when we talk about blood sugar levels and people with diabetes. So hence, it helps maintain normal blood sugar levels. A huge mouthful there and a lot to kind of wrap your head around. But I really like to stress that when we talk hormones, it's not just estrogen and testosterone and we're just going to talk about periods and PMS there's so much more to that now these hormones work together to regulate various physiological processes within the female body as in so many things come together we're not just talking one body system we're talking basically all of them so this includes our menstrual cycles fertility pregnancy and menopause as well as playing an overall role in maintaining overall health and well-being that was such an amazing breakdown. Um, I think you just summed it up perfectly with the way that you, oh, the way you put all of the hormones together because they all do fit that, you know, the pieces of the puzzle. Um, but when most people think about hormones, they immediately kind of think of the dysfunction that may occur when the hormone levels are out of whack. 
So, you know, that's your stress, you're tired, you're this, you can't lose weight, you, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, rather than the fact that the hormones are crucial for the regulation of every single system in our body when they're actually doing their job. So it's such, I mean, the human body is just so incredible. And the things, the, the little cars on the, on the highways are just yeah, amazing. Um, but many medical professionals fail to really consider that this crucial aspect of female health, which creates extra work for them when they're caring for their female patients. Yeah, correct. So my clients will often come to me and say, how can I tell if my hormones are out of whack? My doctor only tested this and this, whichever those one or two hormones are. And mm. it also depends greatly on where your menstrual cycle sits. So first of all, are you menstruating? Second of all, what day of your cycle was it tested? So as you can imagine, we look like a massive kind of roller coaster things go up things go down and there's a huge huge variety of things that can come into play when we're looking at pathology reports so and what I like to ask clients too is have you given it any thought so if it's the case for you then I'd often say you know full well that you don't always feel fantastic so some days you feel ugh, pretty shitty to be honest perhaps you've put on weight some women can be experiencing hot flashes or have aching joints and not actually considered that that might be an issue with hormones instead of just their joints and getting old and tired. And often women of a certain age too, not even necessarily menopause, even where we're kind of, I'm stuck in the perimenopausal stage at the moment and I'm mid thirties, but this is when you constantly feel a little bit frustrated with life. And that's, it's very common to present at this time of life. These signs point hugely to an imbalance in hormones imagine like a neon flashing light like to me I'm just going it's all hormones although it's normal for your hormones to change as you approach menopause hormonal imbalances can occur in hormones when they change from different rates to one another in different times of the month and that's totally normal but hormone imbalance can manifest in a huge variety of ways so this can be as simple as pms like premenstrual syndrome so whether it's bloating cramping feeling exhausted or whatever in the lead up to getting your period it could be trouble losing weight and gaining muscle it could be night sweats and flushing so most people just assume that's in with menopause but it can come in at any time it could be discomfort in the muscles and joints brain fog exhaustion it could be fluctuations in mood and just not being able to handle stress as appropriately as you were once once upon a time. It's also disturbed sleeping patterns. So don't forget, melatonin is a hormone as well. So there's so many things that fit into this picture and especially cravings for food. So especially craving sweets or carb-loaded starches and so forth, it's all part of the hormonal picture. Now, I hope that by the end of this short potty, you'll realize too that there's so much more to hormones than just PMS or period-related issues. Now, just because any or even a single one of these symptoms I've mentioned here might be common, it doesn't mean it's normal. So let me just say that again. Just because it's common does not mean that it's normal. And I want to bring your attention back to the most common symptoms that most medical practitioners are presented with and that's problems with digesting food or painful periods, heavy periods, breakouts, poor libido, so our sex drives in the bin, extreme exhaustion, rapid weight gain, hair loss, panic attacks. So how many of them do you consider normal? 
Yet for so many of us women trying to just get on with life and live our best lives and be the best mum, sister, friend, employee that we can be, it's unfortunately way too common. And the sad fact is that we often just put up with it, put our big girl pants on and just keep moving, but it, it shouldn't be this way. Yeah, that's it. Because I think that it's just, it's normalized now. It's people just think that it's normal to, to have PMS. It's normal to have, you know, weight gain when you sort of hit menopause and things like that. But like you said, it's, it's the hormonal dysregulation and it's, it's common, but it's not normal. Um, you know, it's your body trying to catch your attention really through every single one of these little symptoms that you've just mentioned. Um, but, you know, like most of us just go about our day trying, you know, little bits rather than everything focusing on what our body actually really does require because we're not actually taught that. No one sort of sits down and say, this is what you need, um, which is what I think we're definitely trying to achieve here. Um, but like in in what way, you know, it's often a waste of time, a waste of money and energy trying to improve a body that often feels like it's working against you, especially in the thirties and forties. I find when you're switching those gears between premenopausal, menopausal, you know, and then going on. Yeah, exactly. And it can also draw back to even just being a mum. So irrespective of how many children you have or what their ages are, the load on our bodies, especially because we have so many tabs open mentally anyway, we're thinking about yeah. each and every single person. It just gets like, it, it's literally that mother load where we're just rapidly approaching burnout, but it's all the things all at once. Mm -hmm. Exactly why I created my course, The Flow Lab. So we delve deeply into the underlying factors that contribute to those annoying pesky health symptoms like the hormones, inflammation, our liver function, our mineral levels, toxicity, our poor gut health. So in the Flow Lab, you learn how to connect to your body and discover any possible underlying gut, mineral, thyroid and hormone imbalances and how to understand the importance for occasional need of functional lab testing. So there's often usually more than one factor at play. So it's never often one thing and it can often be the perfect metabolic storm that requires an internal fix rather than having a band-aid as in a pill to fix that ill. It's usually something much deeper than that. This week's podcast episode is proudly supported by the Flow Lab, our flagship 12-week course designed to do everything from resetting your health to reducing cravings and binge eating, supporting weight balance, improving your digestive health, supporting your hormones, lowering stress and anxiety, and so much more. It's made to put you in charge and equip you with everything you need to achieve your goals. You'll be better able to make decisions that are in your best interest medically and to comprehend the rationale behind those decisions. I provide you with everything I use when working one-on-one -on -one with my patients in clinic. And it's not about deprivation or calorie counting. Rather, it's an educational process that will equip you with the knowledge and skills you need to maintain your health and hormone balance for the rest of your life. In addition, learning the flow lab techniques will help you gain a better understanding of the root causes and symptoms of your hormones and their dysfunctions, as well as how to effectively treat and help yourself as a woman with a wide range of hormone imbalances and reproductive health problems. We'd love to have you join us. Please see the link in this week's episode to learn more or to join us today back to the episode I wanted to pull something a little bit different into this episode I wanted to answer a couple of dms that I've gotten recently on this topic so first of all 
how can I better support my hormones by altering the foods and meals that I eat? There seems to be a lot of conflicting information. What do you think is the healthiest diet for hormones and regulating my period? So that's a message I got last week and I promised her that I was going to jump on and record a podcast all about that and tackle that question. So my answer to you would be that there is no one size fits all diet for balancing hormones. There's just not. We are all so absolutely biochemically different. We could still be twins, but we could have hugely different biochemical needs. So maintaining a steady blood sugar level and eating the right foods for you to receive the nutrients you need are two of the most fundamental aspects of healthy eating. Overall, I don't recommend any one diet in particular for balancing hormones. Instead, I really stress to my clients, they need to pay attention to the basics. So what works and feels good for you as a whole? That's it. You know, I think nutrition is so personalized because what works for you doesn't work for me we all have different tastes and things like that but like to go into further detail like we'll start with a discussion of why these gluten-free dairy-free keto no carb kind of elimination style diets or intermittent fasting don't really provide the solution for restoring the hormone balance in the long run a lot of them are just crash fast quick kind of band-aid sorts of things um, and they're glamorized as well, you know, like gluten-free is sort of the, one of the latest things, like the elimination of gluten is not necessary for everyone. Definitely some people, celiacs and people can definitely have a gluten intolerance, like, you know, we all have things, but like, if you're wondering if you have celiac disease, I would use a simple at-home gut health test to identify people with non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So, what about those who have an allergy to wheat? Does life seem better without it now? Um, have you had an adverse reaction to some, but not all gluten-containing foods? Some people can tolerate gluten-containing meals like a sourdough bread or a certain wheat from like Italy, while others just do best without it together. We're all different people. We've all different microbiome and things like that. The other one, like dairy-free. In addition, this is really sort of an individualized type thing as well. Avoiding dairy may not be necessary for some people. Um, do you have a sensitivity to proteins in the milk, casein or whey? My daughter, um, she's anaphylactic to dairy. So she, no mammal milk other than human mammal milk, she can consume, no sheep, goats, anything like that. So it's, you know, it's different. And some people with the same anaphylaxis can handle goat's milk. So it is so individualized. Um, are you intolerant to lactose? Does life seem better without it now? You may not actually have an allergy, but rather be suffering from a deficiency of a certain enzyme in your body. Um, we particularly need lactase to break down the lactose in milk. And even with dairy, it's crucial to choose quality over quantity. I always think full fat, organic. My favorite is the one with the cream dollop, the farmhouse gold. Or my local Harris farm has just put milk on tap. So you can go in with your bottle and fill up your milk. It's, oh, I don't know. I know it's just a little thing, but I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, correct. But like my approach to, to eating, you know, to stabilize hormone health is like that bonfire analogy. Your proteins and your fats are the slow burning logs and your carbs are the kindling. You know, you really need those slow burning sources. Yeah. So, and I've seen a lot too, obviously being the start of the year, being in Feb, yeah. I've seen so much. Every time I jump onto socials, I'm kind of slammed with some kind of advertising. Yeah. Keto is a big one. Again, this year, I find they all just 
circulate. So yeah, the diet word kind of irks me a little bit. But anyway, in the beginning, the ketogenic diet was created to use therapeutically to help cure epilepsy in children. So because glucose is the body's primary source of fuel, the ketogenic diet is extremely high in fat and low in carbs. So cortisol, the inflammatory indicators and the LDL cholesterol can all rise over time, which just stimulates that stress hormone, that cortisol. Then there's the low or the super low carb diet. So they've come in and out quite a bit over the last five years. And I'm sure you'd agree, Rans, but it's yeah. just, yeah, it's it's one of those ones that keeps rearing its head and it's fine. And you'll probably see that someone lost so much weight on it, but it's at the end of the day, it's really not a sustainable diet. So reducing or eliminating carbohydrates as a whole might and often does put the body into a chronic stress state and increase those stress hormones. Maintaining a healthy blood sugar level is absolutely crucial. You've heard me say this a gazillion times before, particularly those with insulin resistance. So, oh, that should be another warning sign there. Finding your own carbohydrate tolerance is the key and it's hugely important than fully eliminating them. So you absolutely need carbohydrates to create hormones to keep your hormone levels stable and balanced. And yeah, I could go on yeah. about that another day. But That's so true. And oh, like pasta, how could you not have pasta? I just don't understand it. Like zucchini noodles are, are great, but pasta, oh, I love pasta. Yeah. Um, like, and that's the thing, elimination diets, you know, it might help in the short term to eliminate suspected allergens, you know, if you're having sort of digestive problems or things like that. Um, but if you've tried all, all the frees, you know, as we call them, the gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, soy-free, life-free, soul-free, you know, and you're not feeling any better, it really could be due to a combination of under-eating, stress hormones, developing difficult relationships with food, and then causing an underlying digestive problem. When we dwell on the foods that we can't have rather than the ones that we can have, our mental state becomes disordered. Our body needs energy. And when we're not supplying the adequate needs, that's when we start to see hormone imbalances and the corresponding symptoms. Yeah. Uh, intermittent fasting is another one that's really big at the moment. Um, I just, I personally, I can't do it. I, I tried, I think one day, and then that was, that was it for me. But basically it restricts your meals to a specific time frame. For example, 12 to 8. That's the only time you eat. Um, some people have a longer window, shorter. I haven't really, you know, wrapped my head around it too much because it's just not something that I really follow. But as a result, you may have trouble then reestablishing a healthy connection with eating again. Avoiding breakfast causes your body to rely on stress chemicals for fuel, giving you like this false sense of energy at first. Um, yeah. So like when working with clients with hormone or period disorders, I don't recommend intermittent fasting at all because it's often necessary to address the client's stress reduction and blood sugar levels. Wouldn't you think, Meg? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just add my two cents in on that one personally. Yeah. I've tried it. I did it a couple of years ago and it was great for like, oh, say two months or so. However, learning my own kind of connections with food, for me, yeah. it's great. I find I spend that that time kind of at the end of that fast just dreaming about food. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And like I've heard people, the things that they eat, like they'll have two liters of Diet Coke and that's what they have because yeah. there's no calories. But like really, is that, it's not healthy. Yeah. So yeah, when you do wake up in the morning with an appetite and all you can drink is either yeah. black coffee or green tea, 
to me as a diet that screams like alarm bells that there's some kind of disordered eating going on so yeah. you figure out why you're doing these things so if it is to lose weight I just especially if you have hormonal issues or any kind of insulin resistance it's just unfortunately not something that I think is best for you so what you should remember most when it comes to what you should or shouldn't eat to balance your hormones there's no magic formula that works for everyone or in general because of the strict nature of most of these diets like we've said so Diet is unfortunately, when you get stuck in that zone of weight loss or reach these goals, you often tend to see food in black and white terms only. So they're either inherently terrible or bad for you, or they're good and they're often tasteless or the things you don't really enjoy and get joy out of. So as a result, you can find yourself in a vicious cycle of dieting and binging or the restricting and binging cycle. So we often experience like huge mental stress as a result of this, even though it's not the typical stress we all think of, even just the constant thinking of food or what your next meal is or how many macros you've eaten today. Like it, it, it's still a, a stress load that we're carrying and we just really shouldn't. Yeah, that's it. And like, and even when it's intended for health and healing, restrictive diets can lead to orthorexia which is an eating disorder basically characterized by excessive preoccupation with healthy, clean, or otherwise right eating. And we see this glamorized all over Instagram, you know, I'm my clean treats, it's my cheat day. And like, I hate hearing these words because it's so restrictive. You know, when it comes to food, we both love that mindful eating approach. Intuitive, and it can take a bit of time to listen to what your body needs. Once you master it though, it will change your life. And this is a whole other podcast, I think, because I could talk about that forever <laughs> and especially like as a mum to daughters so I'm sure you're exactly the same it's it's really tricky to talk about foods in good or bad ways especially when there's little ears and they're wondering why you're doing it and it, it, once again podcast for another day but hormones being restored in the long run so my top four suggestions for this is number one Figuring out what works best for you and your body. And I say this brutally, you and yours alone. I do not care and I don't want you to care what worked for the person down the road, your best mate, someone else. Like it's, it doesn't matter if they dropped all this weight. Great. High five to them. Move on. It's all about you and yours. Number two, make sure you're eating a balanced meal complete with protein, fats, and carbs. And that includes snacks as well. So sometimes an apple for a snack just does not cut it. There's no fats, there's no proteins there. So include a wide range of foods and be sure to leave room for delicious treats that bring joy to your life because life is far too short to be miserable and you'll still achieve your goals. <laughs> like that's my little excerpt in there. You just, you, you'll still achieve your goals by eating a balanced way. Now, number three, really honing on getting your blood sugar balance and insulin levels under control. And that can make a huge difference for so many women. I've seen it time and time again. And lastly, number four, I want to be absolutely clear when I say this, please don't go out and self-diagnose and head to the chemist or the health food shop to self-medicate or worse still, allow them to sell you a ton of supplements just to solve your symptoms. Because as I said earlier, you really want to address the root cause of hormonal issues instead of using a Band-Aid approach, which simply covers up the symptom itself. So instead of fixing the deeper cause, like exactly what's going on and what's actually causing that health issue. So I really hope that makes sense and you can truly, truly hear that. 
If you need guided support, please, please, please see someone, someone that specializes in this exact field of medicine and health and hormones. So you know where both of us are. You can always drop us a DM or email me at hello at nutritionista.com.au or visit the website for more info or to book an appointment with Rani or myself. This is our jam and it's what we'll spend our lives educating and supporting women through. Now, I know this might sound like a huge plug, but I really don't care because I know how helpful it has been for so many women so far. The results have been phenomenal. So if you're listening to this podcast and thinking, yeah, I really need to give it a try because I'm trying everything and nothing's working and I feel like I'm going backwards, you're not alone. I'd be thrilled if you joined our community by clicking the link provided in the show notes of this episode and checking out the Flow Lab. And be sure to do so by the end of March as the price will go up for this 12-week program. And please, please, please rate and review this episode. If you find it enjoyable, um, the feedback is invaluable to us. We love it. And we love hearing from you all as well in our DMs um, on Instagram. I love getting questions. It just takes two seconds. And I'm sure many of you will benefit from the podcast. Um, We just don't see many reviews coming through. And that would mean the world to us if we could see how much you love this episode and just let us know what you want to hear from. Yeah. So yes, this has been a massive episode and they won't always go for this long, I promise. So be sure to save it and come back to it when you need a little refresh. And if you're there, if you could take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your socials, please tag us. We love to see it and we can return and give you some love too. 